Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Up to Town. The home turn now. They've got 3.50 left to run. Margot, Barbie, time to profit together. Hell of a Bentley. Hand grenade just behind them. That sits down on the rails. And then came Dance for Me, Randy. Time to profit. She goes to the front. 200 to go from Margot, Barbie. That's it's about to get clear. Then Hell of a Bentley. It's time to profit in front with 100 to go. She surged. She's a length in front. That's it's trying to pick her up. But time to profit in front and gets home. Time to profit by a nectar. That's it. 13 dance for me, Randy. Closing yeah, late. The dulcet no, tones of Tony Wode. And Tony Clements is going to tell us the significance of that win there. Good morning to you, Tony. Hello, Steve. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up the country news, and this week focusing a little more on these wonderful, cutest jewels which are coming up at the Gold Coast as we head into the month of March. And that was time to profit last Tuesday at Cluton Park at Townsville. One of three winners on the day for trainer Georgie Holt. Justin Stanley in the saddle on that two-year-old. Ryan Wiggins rode the other two for Georgie. And now uh, time to profit is qualified to make the trip to the Gold Coast. There's a lovely story up on Racing Queensland from Jordan Gerrins who does some wonderful research there telling us about how Georgie won a, uh, a dual qualifier with Annie Mariah three years ago and on that occasion decided not to travel south but this time around it looks like time to profit will be heading towards the Gold Coast all going well and if she pulls up from that run okay Georgie says the plans are there to head to the Gold Coast to Aquas Park owners are very keen and it's an opportunity you don't want to pass up certainly not when you have a look and see that uh, the race that's coming up is uh, worth plenty, plenty, plenty of money. It's a $500,000 two-year-old jewel. The three-year-old jewel is also worth half a million, as well as the gold jewel worth $150,000. We're going to be talking more about the uh, cutest jewels and the sales coming up at Magic Millions in March this morning. Plus, looking back at what happened at Gundawindi and Mount Isa on the weekend. We're at Mount Isa. The old warhorse Fab's Cowboy brought up win number 51, equaling the modern-day record. He's now won 51 races and placed 43 times out of his 149 start career and can you believe he started at the juicy odds of $7 at Mount Isa on Saturday. Tell you more about that as we roll through the show this morning and as always helping us out with all of the news on Bush Peters, Rob Luck. G'day Rob. Yeah, good morning Tony, good morning Steve, morning listeners and yes we certainly do count down towards the uh, March sale, the 11th and 12th of March and the cutest jewel on the Saturday prior to that Tony and a couple of things out of that win with time to profit just to quickly mention Georgie Holt doing a great job with these uh, early two-year-olds over the last few years and selecting from the March sale and there's another example of it and Tony I mentioned last week I think it was just how important is uh, the timing of some of these wins for the stallions and the studs con <coughs> concerned um, because this particular filly by, by Divine Prophet, lot 43 in the catalogue, is a colt half-brother by Rothsay being presented by Linter Stud. Uh, so you couldn't get timing better. And the other thing it shows, this filly has now won 66000 in prize money, 30000 of which is in bonus money and when you look at the other qualifiers you've got in evidence taking the cutest dual three-year-old in Mackay for Ryan Wiggins and John Wiggington sunshiny day for Adam Sewell and Tom Smith he's been there before with better rain going to these uh, dual races it took the rocky one on Saturday and of course the preludes uh, Mashani Lily a great example of the Kobayashi's uh, doing so well, all-inclusive for Ryan Maloney and uh, David Van Dyke, and Defiant Spirit for Robbie Dolan and Stuart Kendrick. So out of those races in themselves, there's plenty of excitement leading into 
uh, these cutest uh, dual finals, Tony. Let's have a listen to what happened with that Rockhampton uh, dual qualifier on Saturday. Russell Leonard calling sunshiny day home for Adam Sewell and Tom Smith. 500 to go. What a doozy. Held together the inside. Just in front of sunshiny day. Coming off their backs is simply Tina. And to the outside, Mashani Burn. What a doozy. The inside. Sunshiny day. The outside, simply Tina. They'll fight it out. In the centre, sunshiny day. What a doozy. Trying to kick back, simply Tina. Sunshiny day. What what a doozy, sunshiny day. What a doozy, the inside, sunshiny day. The outside, sunshiny day, edging away. Won the dual qualifier, defeated what a doozy. Simply Tina third, Mashani, I am fourth. Sunshiny day taking out the uh, two-year-old cutest dual qualifier on Saturday at Callaghan Park at Rockhampton. And Rob, uh, part of that story that Jordan has put up on the Racing Queensland website today highlights uh, part owners of Sunshiny Day are also part owners of Acres Away that's uh, going to qualify or finish second in the qualifier of Mackay on Friday and looks like both are now going to be heading to the Gold Coast. And there's just so much value in this sale to look forward to and uh, the sale continues <coughs> to grow not only in the the value but in the average across the uh, the board, Tony. Um, but, you know, accompanying all of this is on the Sunday prior to the sales is the presentations for the uh, cutest two-year-old, cutest three-year-old trainers of the year uh, for their performances with their, their cutest horses. And we thought we'd spend a bit more time in relation to that Sunday uh, prior to the sales because there's a welcome barbecue that takes place there and there's a particularly significant event going to take place this year at the barbecue we'd like to get to uh, have our listeners um, get to know. And there's two good people who have come on this morning or coming on this morning to help us with that. Uh, we've got firstly Scotty McAlpine from Eureka Stud, principal of Eureka Stud, on his way to the sales, the English sales in Melbourne and hopefully being able to pull up on the side of the road or sitting in the passenger seat uh, to tell us a little bit more about something. I hope I've got you there, Scott. Good morning to you. Morning, Rob. How are you going, listeners? Yeah, good on you for coming on, Scott, because I just want to read out uh, what's called a flying minutes from the uh, TBQA, the Thoroughbred Breeders Queensland Association. Now, this minute was moved Stan Johnson, seconded Scott McAlpine, that TBQA president Basil Nolan received life membership to the TBQA with the presentation to be held at the Magic Millions Welcome Barbecue on Sunday, 10 March, receiving official certificate and gift along with a four-a-night holiday voucher to the Sunshine Coast. Now, obviously, Scott, that motion has been moved. Tell us about the uh, the minute coming in into place, the recommendation, uh, and the importance of recon- recognising someone like Basil with life membership. Well, Basil's dedicated his whole uh, life and career to the, to the thoroughbred industry uh, in one sense, beginning as a bookmaker, thoroughbred breeder, standing on the on the committee of the thoroughbred Queensland thoroughbred breeders, and then becoming president, and then moving to the Australian Thoroughbred Breeders Association, which is president of both. At the moment, so Basil's contribution to the industry for Queensland and Australia is unsurmountable in one sense. So I think it's only just rewarding for him that he's due to be due to be given an accolade in regard to being given life membership to the Queensland Thoroughbred Breeders. So um, you know, Basil has definitely just contributed so much to the industry and what he, you know, what the industry um, has progressed with his. Uh, managing and direction that's given to it 
uh, is probably um, yeah, very hard to probably imagine how much he has done. If you went back through history, there's a whole hell of a lot that's been contributed. You know, since Cutis was in, introduced, and I mean, he had a big part of that, getting that up and running and then trying to improve it uh, as he has through the years and uh, has certainly accomplished a very uh, achievable milestone. Yeah, we're going to concentrate a little bit more on Cutis next week when we have Steve Morley on. Um, but the important thing about life... Now, not everyone, not every generation knows about life membership. I think our, our generation, Scott, know with sporting clubs, etc., that life membership is probably the ultimate honour, isn't it, to receive that. Um, but it's also great that people are receiving it when they're alive because quite often they get it uh, after they die. Uh, and just for our listeners to know, Basil does know about this. It's not a secret. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. He does know about it. It was pretty hard to keep that away from him. He, he knows everything that's going on, so trying to keep that a secret would be uh, pretty much impossible, I would imagine. And when you're a life member, I mean, basically... You're not forgetting, uh, not forgotten in that in that industry or organisation because even if you move to the stage you're not having an active role in something, you're often sought out, aren't you, for advice, for historical information, etc. Yeah, look for sure. And like Basil's still the president of the Queensland Thoroughbred Breeders. Uh, the annual general meeting is on on Sunday afternoon after the presentation and the Cutis Awards. So, I mean, any members of the Thoroughbred Breeders that would like to attend the annual general meeting are most welcome to come along uh, just after after that um, lunch or after the uh, presentation. So I think in uh, his regard, I mean, he's still he's still at the helm at the minute. I mean, he's helm of uh, Australia and helm of, of Queensland. And, uh, I mean, probably at one stage he probably would like to pass the reins over. But at the moment, he, he's, he's the man in the seat and doing a wonderful job. So uh, until he decides that he's had enough, well, we'll continue to let him... Be the, be the head man. I guess the so, thing too, Scott, with uh, Basil having been on the committee and part of TBQA for so long, and I was just looking at the website, it says since 1969, if you don't mind, he's put, yeah. as you said, put a lifetime in there. There'd be a lot of people that he would have interacted with and worked with over the years who may not be active in the breeding scene anymore. And I guess this is an open invitation to anyone who knows anyone, who knows someone that has been involved before, please come along because... We'd love to see so many people there to acknowledge this great achievement by this great man. Yeah, look, that's definitely what we'd love to have happen, making everybody aware that he is going to receive this award and uh, to be there and share share at the moment. Uh, we've managed to secure Peter Moody, who's a good friend of Basil's and dies, and uh, a stalwart for Queensland. As, as we know, Peter's moved to Victoria and leading trainer Victoria, leading trainer in Queensland. Um, and, I mean, he was... Uh, we got in touch with him to see whether he might like to come up and say a few words for Basil and uh, the words were, I can't get there quick enough to be able to be part of it. So to think ta- Peter's going to arrive and uh, come to the sale and have a look around. I mean, he did he did um, cut his teeth with the Queensland industry before he went south. So he has a lot... He recognises Queensland's um, contribution to his success and Basil's given him a, a leg to... Give him a leg up and look into his success so I think that's a pretty big achievement to get Peter that might be that's going to come along and be part of the day as well so uh, but anybody else that would love to be part of it with Basil and uh, the Queensland Breeders and Magic Millions uh, for Sunday uh, is definitely most welcome and uh, hopefully we can do the more the merrier and we'll enjoy a very, uh, a very enjoyable afternoon. 
Yeah, and also we often hear Basil when we're at the March sales talk about, you know, we need to get some better prices to uh, look after all those grandkids he's got. And I do believe, Scott, <laughs> the grandkids will be playing a role in the presentation because that's such an important to Basil, uh, important yeah, part of Basil and Di's life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's a family business. And I mean, unfortunately, the loss of Basil Jr., but I mm. his grandchildren and, and, you know, on all sides of his family have been part of Raheem for a long time. And uh, they're the stalwarts that will keep, the, keep that farm uh, running, we hope. So um, I think the grandkids, are, I think, are very highly of him and, and Di. And Di, remember, behind every good man, there's a better, better wife. So I think in Di's case, she contributes just as much. So I think... Uh, it'll be recognition for her as well. So, um, so it's going to be it's going to be a big afternoon. It's. It certainly is an, a well-deserved recognition to Basil. And just in terms of the sale itself, I know you're going down to Melbourne there with the English sale, but we look forward with hopefully confidence to this sale. I've said at the top of the show, you couldn't get better timing. Uh, spirit of Boom, we all know so well, but um, Defiant Spirit spirit taking the three-year-old jewel um, prelude, uh, you know, he, he speaks for itself, his record. But even then on Sunday, I noticed at the sunny coast for you guys at Eureka um, Estrondo for... Uh, Rob Heathcote, I think, uh, gets up at its first start, and you've got lot two, 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 a lean machine, um, lean mean machine Azores, which makes it a half relation to that. The timing is Im- impeccable. You must be pretty excited going forward to these sales when you see these results. Uh, look, I mean, there's always a little bonus that comes along. Unfortunately, we've been granted one with the, the horse on Saturday, on Sunday, with, and I mean that little man now has had three foals to race for three winners. Uh, the win first up at the Sunshine Coast was. Uh, Pretty rewarding, and then of course Sassy Boom won. Danny O'Brien won the Aggies. Armanasco on Saturday in Melbourne. Uh, so yes, for uh, for us, I suppose uh, couldn't have come at a better time. So, but I mean overall, I mean the whole Peter sale. I mean it's got a great uh, cross section of Queensland bred horses there, and with better than Reddies and Pigaradas, and you know in Basil's case, heroic Ballas and um, Spirit of Booms. And, um, I think it's a good a good catalogue with Queensland bred horses and then I suppose to add to the Queensland breeding ranks is that we've got uh, I think there's about 90 bobs horses that are cutest eligible so the Queensland breeders are backing up with going south but then coming back to support Queensland which is part of the cutest um, format and uh, that's a bonus for Queensland and Queensland trainers and Queensland owners so the whole industry is working as a whole together and I think uh, hopefully on um, next Monday and Tuesday week we'll be rewarded with uh, some great uh, participation and some nice prices for our animals. I think you've summed it up beautifully. We'll let you continue on the road to get to the sale in Melbourne and look forward to getting there on Sunday afternoon uh, with yourself and many others. Uh, hopefully many people will take up the uh, invitation that the TBQA has extended out to past committee people as well and the general public as we are on a Basil Nolan. Uh, thanks very much this morning, Scott, for uh, coming on and good luck with the sale in Melbourne uh, prior to the cutest sale. All right, Rob, thank you. And just a quick note to Stan Johnson, who has been on the committee for a long time, and um, he's stepping. He's going to step off uh, as time goes on. So, um, But Stan's been a great supporter of the uh, industry as well and what he does, and, you know, with bush feet and everything that goes on. Um, he does a great job, and um, Stan is, uh, has been putting this together, so it's been rewarding. Uh, yeah. 
So just just that was a quick note for Stan because Stan's been putting a fair bit of time into this to get things organised for Baz and etc. So it's, uh, we just need a bit of recognition uh, that he's uh, he's been the man behind the behind the moment to getting it put together at the minute. And, uh, of course, we know that Stan delegates very well to get these things going, but you've got a committee that's really, uh, really working well together. And I do believe you might be stepping up to a new position on this committee at the AGM. So, t- so Stan tells me, yes. <laughs> I did say delegating, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did say delegating, you did. So, anyway, I'm looking forward to taking on, if that's, if that's the way the election goes on uh, on Sunday afternoon, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to stepping up to that role and see if I can fill, fill some big shoes. Good on you, Scott. Thanks for joining us on the show today. All right. Thanks, guys. Scott McAlpine there, part of the Eureka Stud uh, family who have been, I'm just looking at uh, his bio, Rob, and uh, the uh, the stud established in 1934 uh, by his grandfather, Andy, and Scott has been on the, the committee there for a long, long time, maybe not as long as Basil, but he's also been on the TBQA committee for a long, long time. And when you talk about the, uh, the heritage and the bloodlines there, our next guest is also, uh, his family's been involved in this industry for such a long time as well, and I speak of Geoffrey Kruger from Lindhurst State who's joining us on Bushbeat this week. G'day, Jeff. Have we got Jeff there, Tony? I thought we had him there. You with us, Jeff? I am. Oh, oh, there you are. Good morning. Good morning to you, uh, Jeff. We we're, were just talking to Scott McAlpine. I'm not sure if you're able to uh, tune in at all, but one of the aspects of uh, life membership, uh, we're talking for Basil Nolan, the longevity that someone has served for an industry or an organisation really shines through. And you've got a fair bit of history that goes back here. I think uh, we heard a mention that 1969 might have been when Basil was first appearing on the, uh, the Breeders Group. Uh, this takes you right back to your uh, your grandfather in Percy Kruger. Uh, tell us about that history. That's right, Rob. Um, I was actually chatting to to Basil about it. He he um, he didn't say '69, but um, he said late late '60s, and around the time of Eyeliner. Um, and um, at the time, Basil said my grandfather Percy was chairman when he joined the board. Uh, Percy was uh, chairman, um, yeah, and and his brother Ted was on that committee as well. Everything in the '60s revolves around 1965 and eyeliner, Jeff. We both know that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's eyeliner. Uh, eyeliner is probably the biggest part of Lindhurst history. The Lindhurst history uh, certainly continues on, but um, the part of the uh, the Basil storyline, I think, is um, in terms of the the whole committee. Uh, we just heard Scott talking about how Stan Johnson uh, has sort of got this uh, up and mobile and moving, but it's been a real committee effort. Is that a, a sign of Basil's leadership as well? That um, everyone on the committee seems to be involved in a role in making sure this comes together, and it's a great afternoon. But is that an aspect of Basil's leadership that you've noted uh, over the years in terms of the TBQA? Oh, there's no doubt about that, Rob. And and um, it is a good committee. That each of the committee men have, have got uh, good skin in the game, and uh, plenty of ideas to offer. And um, and Basil steers a good ship. What are the sort of highlights that come through for the TBQA under Basil's leadership to you, Jeff? Oh, I think uh, Cutis is the um, first and foremost. I think Cutis is um, 
the way we've got it to where it is today over the over the last eight or ten years. And um, and as you mentioned there in the show, um, I was listening. I was in and out of the tractor actually, but I, um, uh, with the with the cutest uh, Basil's had a, a lot of help from Steve Morley, and, and I, I believe you're going to be talking to him later in the week. And um, but yeah, that for sure that'd be the the obvious one. Yeah, so uh, again, we extend that invitation out to everyone on the on the Sunday, the tenth of March, uh, at the barbecue. Prior, and of course, you guys have your AGM following on from that. But the sale itself, as we look forward to that, and I think you've got about thirty-seven yearlings. I'm not sure with uh, withdrawals and everything like that. But the timing, the timing of it for your stallions, uh, particularly better than ready, um, couldn't be really much better. Um, we've got uh, in evidence, for example, it's a Nakoni Colstar. You've got that one with a half relation, uh, so the timing perfect. Lot three seventy, I note, uh, is a Linturus one by Better Than Ready, uh, a half relation to in evidence. I'm sure uh, John Wigington's going to be down there, pretty keen on that. So you must be pretty confident going into the sale. It's always been a sale that's continued to grow. Do you see it going that way still? Yes, I, there's there's a few little aspects I'm probably a little bit concerned with, but um, um going into the sale with uh, half your draft better than ready, um, it's uh, it certainly uh, helps because um, you know as you as we you've discussed with Spirit of Boom as well, they they're just phenomenal winner getters. Um, they know how to get a juvenile winner. They win the right races up here, and um, and yeah, you can go you can go to any sale with a. Um, with a bunch of better than ready's being quite quietly confident they'll be well received. Um, there was even Saturday away from the better than ready's. There were two winners on Saturday at um, at Dooman that um, we've got uh, half relations in our draft too as well. The um, Tahinga of John Thomas in Toowoomba. Um, it's out of um, Anabarbi, one that you're familiar with, Rob. <laughs> and and the other one. Um, Oh, it just escapes me. Um, it'll come to me in a second. Oh, I know the one. The it was a uh, Ross say he he's for the girls. Uh, we've got his full brother in the sale as well. Yeah, it's great when you get the timing just before the sale. And, of course, uh, you've had the stud tours that are happening courtesy of uh, Magic Millions. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there with the uh, coming out to work here at Longreach on that Friday. But um, hopefully there's a positive vibe going forward. And it really has grown in recent years, this uh, sale. And and both yourself and Eureka, well, you're to be congratulated, but also you must be pretty proud that you've got Queensland breeding to the stage now where you get two leading stallions and then you've got stallions like Kobayashi that just keeps producing the winners after winners. There's new new guys on the block. The depth of breeding I think is continuing to grow because of Spirit of Boom and Better Than Ready. Oh, that's that's for sure, Rob. There's a, a, there's a number of um, promising young horses coming along. Um, sadly, we've, uh, we've lost a couple to interstate as well. The Brave Smash and Pirata and um, um, but winning Rupert coming back to Queensland. There's, there's certainly um, there's certainly some nice young stallions out there. 
Well, I'm sure you're also going to be looking forward to uh, the barbecue on the Sunday, not only the sale, to uh, recognise uh, Basil and, and just that, that longevity that you've outlined going back to the 60s, the role that Basil's played. You know, sometimes it's hard enough when you're president of club to be able to keep going for a few years, let alone the amount of time that Basil's actually uh, been able to put in and continues to do so. As I said to Scott, isn't it fantastic that someone is recognised while they're alive with a life membership? Well, it surely is, and um, well, <laughs> the more people should come along to the AGM than AGM than usually come along. It's, it can be quite um, it, the the election of office bearers because Basil's the only one that <laughs> he puts his hand up because no one else does. So I, I fair play to him. Now, I can assure, I've been to a couple of these meetings and I assure you they, they run very well and they continue on after the barbecue and we'll look forward to uh, catching up and of course uh, having a look at that and a barbie when I go through the uh, the draft <laughs> with you just prior to the sale. Uh, Jeff, really look forward to catching up again and a, a big thank you of coming on again this morning and, and certainly for mentioning Eyeliner yet once again in 1965. No worries Rob, thank you. There's Jeff Kruger from Lindhurst joining us this morning, and I knew that you'd be happy as soon as uh, the the term eyeliner came up. You'd have to be eyeliner's second biggest fan after the late great Wayne Wilson, I'm sure, Mr. Luck. <laughs> uh, fantastic part of history, and that's what uh, Lindhurst Stud's all about too, both Lindhurst and Eureka, and we really appreciate uh, them both coming on this morning. I know they're very busy leading into the sales, and next week uh, we'll hopefully be able to have even Peter Moody on, uh, Tony, uh, as well as Steve Morley, to outline more about that um, that cutest aspect that's been such a, a windfall for not only the breeders but also all the p- participants in racing in Queensland. But there was racing on the weekend, and uh, there's a story to tell out of race one at Gundawindi where Sister Marguerite with Morgan Butler and Craig Smith helped Craig Smith bookend the program at Gundawindi on Saturday. They've sorted themselves out as they race down the side now. Sister Marguerite's the leader. Shintaro last runs second. Lee Gagneur is being hunted up by Sutherland. Three wide, the favourite, the 400. Mister in the purple colours is fourth, followed by Rivera. Out wide is quarter red on the inside. Bonjour, mate. Then Monteglory. I don't think the rest can win. Into the 250 metre point and they head for home. And the leader on the inside, Sister Marguerite. Getting up on the inside, Bonjour, mate. Then followed Shintaro last. Lee Gagneur not doing enough yet. Further out is Bright Flames. At the 100, Sister Marguerite's in front, having a crack, Shintaro Lass in front. They go to the line, Sister Marguerite. Beat Shintaro Lass and the fast-finishing bright flames from out the inside. Bonjour, yes, mate. Sister Marguerite taking out the Ron Glasser. Maiden plate over 1,200 metres, the opening race at Gunsin Park at the Gundawindi meeting there on Saturday with those dulcet tones of Greg Cashel while we're acknowledging our race callers in our replays this morning and thanks to Racing Queensland's YouTube page and the regional cast coverage for being able to access the uh, the Gundawindi race there and Rob there's a significant ownership uh, part ownership here in this Craig Smith trained uh, chestnut mare by Spill the Beans from the Catholic girl named Sister Marguerite Mr AJ McMahon is the first name that is on the owner's list and Mr AJ McMahon is with us on the show this morning good morning Tony I know he's there somewhere (laughs) have you got me there good morning Tony yeah we got you how are you Tony um, really well, thank you. Yeah, there's quite thank a tale. I'll be, very, I'll be very brief. I know you haven't got a lot of time. But uh, Sister Marguerite's been a bit of a problem, child. She was named after my auntie, uh, Marguerite McMahon, who was a very well-known Sister of Mercy in the Rockhampton areas for a long, long time. She passed away. 
and she went under the name of Peggy, so we called this filly Peggy, the stable name. Uh, she went to the breaker. She was there a couple of weeks, and he told me to come and get her. His words were, she uh, read over backwards, and she's going to kill someone. So I went and got her. <laughs> then sent her to another trainer. He had her for about six weeks. A similar phone call. So I sent her down on the advice of uh, Neville Stewart, Oakland stud, just so she could forget she was a racehorse and left her down there for a number of months. Then uh, Neville said, um, look, I've got a fellow just outside Toowoomba who's fantastic, Terence Rowe. He can't re-educate and no one can. Well, we got a phone call about another six weeks later and said, come down and have a look at the filly. Well, she was just like a lamb. It was quite unbelievable, the transformation. Anyhow, I rang Craig Smith, told him the story, sent him the videos. He said, yeah, I'll have a crack at her. And uh, lo and behold, she's only had the uh, three starts, two from uh, her first two, two runs. I suppose you could say she tried her heart out with her educational. She ran a good race at Japan, went for a spell, and lo and behold, uh, she won on Saturday. But part of the story is that uh, Sister Marguerite, my auntie Peggy, Sister Mary Joseph, had a wonderful friend called Sister Maria up here in, uh, in Rockhampton, a sister of mercy. And we were telling her about the problems with, uh, with Marguerite, and she said, right, I'll get some Lewis water. So she got some <laughs> Lewis water, gave it to me, and the first day Craig Smith brought her up here for a jump out, we threw it all over. And uh, Sister Marguerite has never been a problem since. And I know Sister Maria is listening to this today with some of the other nuns, so thank you very much. And thank you to Craig Smith and also to Terence Rowe, who've done an amazing job with this filly. When I watched the race, I was looking for it at the tail of the field, and the race caller, who did a great job, said she was leading and nearly fell over. So uh, it was a great <laughs> surprise. I used to I joke just, with trainers, uh, Tony, and say something like, gee, if you knew what you, were, uh, you know, could uh, make these horses win like this, you'd bottle it. And then I had to rephrase that because of uh, swabbing and things like that. But, yeah, you'll have a, a rush now on people trying to get hold of the holy water to be able to splash over I've, their problem youngsters. I've still got some. I've still got some. <laughs> I hope I've never got Jean will say throw it over yourself. Yeah, well, she probably should. But, no, it's a, it's a, good, uh, it's a good story out of the Catholic girl, Sister Marguerite, so... Uh, Everyone was wrapped. We just had a fantastic uh, afternoon after watching that shock win. Yeah, Tony McMahon, I know that you're then going to be looking at lot 151 from Fig Tree Farm, jukebox, a Catholic girl, a uh, half-sister to Sister Marguerite, or, or are you like me when I've got uh, dams that have proven with problem childs, I'm not allowed to go back to them and look at or inspect them? Is this one you're looking for closely? Oh, we'll have a gander at it because um, there was another horse out of the Catholic girl that uh, goes very well, and the Catholic girl raced up here, I think, from memory, and she was a lamb, so I don't know what mm -hmm. happened with, uh, with the Marguerite, but, uh, yeah, but that sale's going to be fabulous. I know you mentioned before, um, Sunshiny Day, $5,000 buy. It's into that $500,000 race. How great is that for Magic Millions? Yeah, it certainly, uh, it certainly has that ability to throw that up, um, and I just... I just love the the fact that the Catholic girl has now got a jukebox one going around. Uh, there's going to be some interesting names coming up with this. Now, did Jean have part of this naming role with this particular one? Or, you know, I know she's got a real affinity with the names of your horses. Yes, she did. And we've got a horse uh, jumping out. I'm at Cullen Park Jump Outs now in about 15 minutes' time by power out of a mare called uh, Emma Kate. And yes. this one is called Emmeline uh, Power. Emmeline, Emmeline Pankhurst was the... Uh, woman who got the, what do you call it, the um, suffragettes going. So a very, very, very powerful woman, Emmeline, ah. her name is coming through this week. Very nice. Well, well done with Sister Marguerite there at Gundawindi <laughs> on the weekend. Thank you for sharing that story with us. We'll let you get off and uh, catch those jump outs. <laughs> I can tell you too, Chinny Boom trolled brilliantly here this morning, absolutely brilliantly. Oh, oh great.
great to, great to hear that spirit of boom doing so well. Thanks again, Tony. And, okay, and, thank, uh, you, thank you, Thank you. Tony Clements. Jukebox has only got two uh, horses in this sale, by the way. The Catholic girl's one of them. But how about this one? How about naming the uh, the uh, resulting yearling out of Jukebox from Old Time Waltz? I'm sure you could come <laughs> up with some crackers. <laughs> oh, yeah, you either go down a, a Bill Haley line or maybe a Bob Seger line with Old Time Rock and Roll, but there'll be some great musical names that could go down that path. No, oh, definitely part of the fun of uh, owning racehorses. But uh, Craig Smith, of course, rewarded with the uh, bookending the program out of that uh, Roma meeting. We're talking names. You've got Sister Marguerite and then you've got Murabinda Mick, uh, the Nakoni that won out to, or it's won out to 1,600 with its fourth win from 25 now. It was over the 1,400 and defeated a Gundawindi specialist horse, the local in Fitzroy Boy, and uh, Hallside Hot Stuff that's now with Wayne Baker and uh, in good form. So... It's a pretty good little uh, form line race, that benchmark 65, the cutest money. N- didn't go off, Murabinda Mick, uh, not cutest uh, registered. Um, it, really good also to see Darren Bell back in the training ranks. I'm pretty sure this is Darren's third win uh, back since about um, August 23. He'd been off the scene from March 2018 to uh, August 2023. Um, and uh, Recanati, uh, Recanati took the benchmark 55, the Your Song, having some provincial runs of late, but uh, it got up and defeated Z Luck, and it was Paul Hamlin that was on board, striking Princess um, into third. And uh, young apprentice Jack Baker. Now, Tony, you might be able to quickly check this. I haven't checked uh, the results for Jack, but he's a four-kilo claimer. And I'm not sure if this is win number one or win number two. But for Amanda Park, he rode Mr Gorman, that's two from two at the track, had four prior placings its last four runs, the epaulette. And, of course, the other winner was Morgan Butler's uh, end of his double after Sister Marguerite when he rode the Rob Bowen-trained I'm a Tiny Dancer that had won its maiden at Warwick back in December, uh, the done deal four-year-old mare. But uh, it could be a significant day there for Jack Baker, a young four-kilo claimer winner, Tony. Was that win one or two that he's had so far? Let's claim it as win number one in Queensland because his first winner Ah. came on the 2nd of December at Cooma. Um which I have to admit, I'm not familiar with uh, that particular venue. I'd say it's just across the border would be my guess. I'll have to uh, Google Earth that one. The Kuma Monaro Race Club program was where Jack had his first winner. Uh, and I'm just scrolling down the results. That was aboard the Tim Martin trained Sunshine Reggae in a 1200 metre benchmark 50. So let's claim it as uh, win number one for Jack on uh, on Sunshine State Soil. And. Hopefully plenty more to come, but you did say at the top of the show, the weekend um, really highlighted by our bush champion, Fab's Cowboy, Mount Isa. Win number 51, he equals Walk Cool's record of uh, 51 wins. In fact, for, for poor old Sean Roy's on the day, who trained the first three winners on the program, probably a little bit overlooked, but... Uh, what a mighty performer this horse is after losing the rider at miles at his last run. This 12-year-old by Greenwood Lake, win number 51 from start number 149. And the Mount Isa record speaks for itself. Three wins, three placings from eight starts. And the very surprising factor, Tony, with Brody Moffat on board, were the odds of $7. Yeah, can you believe that he was, he wasn't the outsider in the field? Um, there was a couple of others that were longer odds, but there was a three dollar favourite and a three dollar twenty second favourite. And yes, I think the bookies had taken a bit of a set against uh, Old Fabs, even with the the claim there for Brody carrying fifty nine and a half. He certainly lugged around uh, more saddlebags than that, but uh, was able to 
uh, Brody was able to get the, the set on him and, yeah, win by about a length and three quarters in a, a very nice win over Splasher and full of fire. Paul uh, Curran, I think uh, Steve was hoping to have him on the show uh, this week, so he's going to see if he can track him down just to chat about Fab's Cowboy with our concentration on the, the sales and Basil Nolan's Life Membership uh, Award. We weren't able to devote more time as we wanted to to the Fab's Cowboy story, but I know Steve is keen to catch up with Paul uh, either later on the show today or sometime later this week. Yeah, we've had Paul on before for his uh, mighty warrior, uh, this particular galloper, and uh, I think this is the goal they've been aiming for, and I'm sure now uh, they probably will be looking for win number 52. We wish them well in the last season for Fab's Cowboy, and what an effort for Billy and Mel Johnson, uh, the maintenance they provided to this horse, the love they provided to Fab's Cowboy. I'm sure he's a member of the family. He's treated in that way. And just a, 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 an ex such a significant result he's raced and won in every zone I think it's bar one the far north he's raced in but he hasn't won in uh, but every other zone in Queensland this mighty performer has uh, produced the goods and it's a credit <coughs> not only to the the uh, stable the Johnson stable but also particularly the young apprentices who have ridden him in his career uh, and I know Tyler Leslight's a huge fan of the cowboy and uh, many apprentices have been able to sit on steer and get the win but as, as I said, uh, Sean Roy's um, a little bit overshadowed, but not in results because uh, three the first three races on the program, Montreux for Jason Hooper back in the winner's saddle. I noticed Peter Inwood had a runner there back in the, in the training ranks, uh, had a second-place getter to Montreux with Sun Valley Dreaming. And then Sean kicked off with uh, Explosive Girl that last raced on the 9th of December, the Golden Archer, Raheen product. Uh, David Sparks uh, guiding that one home in the benchmark 45 over Bubble Bar. The, the horse that's really on the way up that I noted at this meeting is Greenheart, the third of her winners and the second of Jason Hooper's double. Now, Greenheart's had three wins, two placings its last five, been racing at Home Hill and Cairns lately in really competitive races. This six-year-old by All Too Hard brings up win number seven from 40. And it got up over a bit of a track specialist in carbores for Billy Johnson and Brody Moffat. So Greenheart is uh, showing that it can uh, certainly perform on grass and uh, the sand track surfaces and extremely well placed this odds on favourite uh, getting up for the win there uh, prior to Fab's win in uh, race five on uh, four on the program. And James Baker um, was able to produce the goods with uh, an ex-Locky Mansman horse in the benchmark 50 with Wolf Point having its second win for this Spieth four-year-old. Um, Anna Bacos, uh, we mentioned last week, was headed to Mount Isa. Good to see Anna get the win on this $14 outsider for James Baker. And uh, Wolf Point's uh, proving too strong for Power Sister and Louis the Legend. So congratulations, James, as a trainer, uh, getting that winner, uh, Wolf Point, on a very memorable day up there at Mount Isa. And I also saw on Dan Ballard's posting on social media some a really excellent um, stabling, new stabling on course there at Mount Isa, Tony. Got to give a wrap also to a young trainer with her first starter, Holly Marie Robertson, had Bubble Bath run two links second to one of Sean's winners in Explosive Girls. So it's always nice to acknowledge the uh, the new jockeys and trainers coming through. Rob, while we did raise a gun to Windy and Mount Isa on the weekend, the meetings at... Uh 
Blackhall and, well, the ones in the north, when I say the ones, on Wednesday we had the news that Mariba was going to be transferred to Cairns due to significant rainfall making the Mariba track unsuitable for racing. And then on Friday, unfortunately, the rescheduled meeting for Cairns uh, had to be abandoned as they'd also received unsuitable uh, conditions there with uh, plenty of wet weather in the north. And, and ditto for Blackhall for the Barku Amateur Race Club. Uh, that meeting was called off on Thursday, I think it was. So fingers crossed uh, everything goes well for this coming weekend and especially for all of the crew at the Towers Jockey Club. They've waited three years to get back onto the track and for all of the Charters Towers crew, we wish you all the very best for Saturday. Plus racing coming up on uh, the weekend at Charleville and the first of the Burnet to the Beach Series heats will uh, kick off this weekend with the meeting at Gympie. That's along with all of the tab programs through the week. Uh, Townsville today, Cairns on Friday and then on Saturday it's uh, the Dolby Newmarket and Lightning meeting. Uh, just backpedalling to Friday for a moment. Heat four of the Bill Holland series in South Australia will be the Port Lincoln Cup. We were talking earlier, Rob, about some of the winners that have happened through the week and uh, some of the uh, the multiple wins like Georgie Holt at Townsville with her treble on Tuesday. But I want to pay a particular acknowledgement to Adam Sewell. I remember uh, interviewing Adam after the last race at Roma weekend before last. Mm. Well, then uh, Adam hit the road. He rode uh, plenty of winners through the week. He had a, a double at the uh, Mackay program on Friday. Saturday lobbed into Rockhampton, uh, had uh, that big win on Sunshiny Day for Tom Smith in the two to, in the uh, T-Roll cutest duel, and uh, then rocked up again yesterday at Pangool with another double. So covering plenty of miles and picking up plenty of winners. Yeah, he certainly is a very hard-working um, jockey, Adam, and uh, that cup, those cups wins, I think, have really kicked along uh, since last year. And uh, did I not see also in South Australia uh, meetings, Tony, there was a young female, young lady jockey kicked home a winner on or double on her uh, second day of riding um, down that way? I missed that. Um, I, I have just haven't I quite... That. Haven't quite got the ability to quickly flick onto um, onto where it was. I thought it might have been part of the keeper of the series um, program out there <laughs> in South Australia. I'll just forget the uh, the meaning off the top of the head, um, but we can come back to that one next week, of course, can't we? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now we'll follow up on that and see uh, what comes out of uh, some of those results because there's plenty of good racing coming up through the week. And yes, all counting down to the cutest dual race day coming up at the Gold Coast on the 9th of March with those half million dollar two-year-old and three-year-old jewels and all leading into the sales. And now uh, the big event as well with uh, the uh, life membership uh, being awarded to Basil Nolan at the uh, meet and greet uh, Sundown Barbecue on the Sunday. Yes, and um, we hopefully will have uh, Peter Moody as well as Steve Morley uh, certainly on uh, next week. And I quickly looked at the Lock Cup, heat number five, Shiny Rock uh, for Garrett Lynch, uh, Garnet Lynch and Miss Tala Hutchinson claiming four. And Tala, um, I've done well here, Tony, with my technology. You won't believe this. Rode on the 21st of February at... Strathalbone with a first win, uh, went to lock and over the five-event program, two wins and three-thirds. Congratulations to Tyler Hutchinson. What a debut performance for that particular young jockey, Tony. Yeah, well done. I didn't spot that. Uh, that was heat three of the Bill Holland series, so I should have been uh, looking back at that as keeper of the points. And shiny Don't worry, you're not getting out of being keeper of the points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shiny Rock taking out the Lock Cup, which was heat three of the series there. So well spotted, Mr Luck. Nicely done.
Oh, well, I am back in the work mode back here at Barker's in Longreach and I better get back to work. So um, great to have uh, both Scott McAlpine and Jeff Kruger on this morning. We'll look forward to counting down to the Gold Coast March sale on the 11th, 12th March and particularly that presentation to Basil Nolan at the barbecue on the 10th of March. Uh, good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thank you, Rob. Thank you to all of our special guests on the show today. And if you missed any of the program, folks, as always, the replay available on the X feed for... Uh, Radio Tab, you know, that thing that used to be called Twitter, at Radio Tab Oz, you'll be able to find the link there. We also post it up on the Country Punters page on Facebook. And we'll be back next Tuesday to talk more about these great country racing results on Bushbeat.